Production. Recorded live. Good evening, listeners, and welcome to our show. This is your host, Rich Bernardo, and this is Daily Talk, researcher 135's community call. This is a weekly show that airs every Saturday evening, 7 o'clock Central Time, 8 o'clock Eastern, 5 o'clock Pacific. You're welcome to come in anytime. Also, to the talk show website, to my uh, links here, and to click and listen to last week's show or any previous show, because every week our show is recorded and it is archived here where you can listen to it anytime. You can also download the show anytime you would like. You can also visit the Facebook group that's devoted to this show. It's called Daily Talk with Rich Bernardo. And it also has links that you can click there to come here and listen to this show. This show discusses opinions, pop culture topics, interviews. We have a different guest almost every week, commentary, observations. I'd like to mention that last week's show was Jeffrey Wolf and his petition with the uh, against eBay to try to get uh, media attention. So it's 60 Minutes, 48 Hours, 2020. In other words, the petition is attempting to draw media attention to an investigation of eBay, a badly needed investigation. I would also like to mention uh, Night Before Last on uh, Elizabeth Metz' uh, online auction radio. On her radio show, she interviewed me, and you can go to listen to that. There's links available uh, on my Facebook groups where you can hear the Elizabeth Metz interview with me in which I take on eBay, and I talk about all the ills of eBay, how terrible eBay has become over the years uh, for the small sellers, much of which has resulted in other online selling and auction sites springing into existence. Now, there have been many of them around for some time, of course, such as Amazon, such as Etsy such as Bonanza, and such as Online Auction, which Elizabeth represented the other night. But there's also new sites springing up all the time, and tonight we're going to be interviewing the founder and creator of just such a site. And the one we're going to be talking about tonight is XS Clobber. This is a very new, very recent online selling site. It looks and feels very much like the early days of eBay. It's a very comfortable, a wonderful feeling to the the website, and uh, I have a lot of items on there now, and of course I would encourage and invite any former eBay sellers who've left eBay and who are tired of the draconian uh, tactics and rules and actions of eBay towards the small sellers. I would urge all of the small sellers to come on over to XS Clobber. Give it a try. It's free to sign up. It's free to list items. It is free to sell items there. So I would like to urge all of you to try out Excess Clobber, and tonight the founder of that site will be here. We'll be interviewing him. We'll be finding out uh, more about it and more about uh, what brought about the existence of this new site. I also would like to tell all of you about my new ebook, which is available on Amazon as a Kindle ebook, which you can purchase and download. And the name of the book is Noise. The Decline and Fall of eBay, an American Economic Juggernaut. And I am the author. The name is Rich Bernadeau, V-E-R-N-A-D-E-A-U. It's easy to go into Amazon, do a search for this, 
You, if you just type in noise, decline and fall of eBay, it'll come up. And then you, they've got the instant one-click purchase where you can purchase the ebook. <clears throat> and of course, I want to encourage you to share this with others. In my Facebook groups, we've already uh, had quite a bit of discussion about the premiere of this book earlier this week. It uh, premiered, was released there on Amazon uh, on Monday, March the 23rd. And I've had a substantial amount of activity uh, ever since then. And, of course, we'll be discussing that book from time to time here on the show. And uh, we discuss it frequently in my Facebook groups uh, where people will come on and talk about it. Particularly, people who've purchased the e-books have uh, been private messaging me, uh, telling me how much they've enjoyed it, uh, telling me how accurately it uh, reflects their own personal bad experiences with eBay. And so we are looking very much forward to tonight's guest, who should be here shortly. Again, this is Dan of Excess Clobber, who's going to be uh, this evening's guest. And he should be here anytime. Now, next week's show, April 4th, is going to feature Christopher Dalton, who is a Star Trek expert. He also has a couple of Facebook groups. One of the most prominent ones is a Star Trek fan writing uh, fan fiction, Star Trek fan fiction Facebook group. And on there, a lot of uh, people post Star Trek-related material. That's what we'll be discussing on next week's show, April 4th, same time here, 7 Central, 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific. And Christopher Dalton will be taking questions, calling questions, just as our guest tonight will be. Remember, you can call in with your questions on this show. And on next week's show, we'll be discussing the Star Trek movies, the episodes, the many different spinoff series. And so I look forward to any Trekkies out there, any Star Trek fans, to be sure and be here next week for that show. Now, the week after that, two weeks from tonight, April 11th, my very first guest on the first episode of this show will be making a return appearance, and that's Becky Marie glacken Butchko. She's also an ebook author. She's written a number of books and in the process of writing and releasing more. Dealing with the Johnstown Flood, she also has an erotic romance series that's going to be released and a children's series as well. And she will be talking about reincarnation. Uh, I know that's a very controversial subject for many people. Some people believe it. Some people don't. And uh, she will be talking about that subject. She also has a a group, a Facebook group, that uh, deals with that subject matter, with the subject matter of reincarnation. And so we are looking forward for her to be here. And uh, that will be, again, two weeks from tonight. And that will be Becky Marie Glackenbuchko. Now, the Johnstown Flood happened in 1889. And that first show, which is archived and which you can uh, obviously listen to anytime you want to. And that was one of very, very good show. Very, very good interview. And we did have some call-in call in people on that. <clears throat> Again, this show welcomes audience participation, uh, welcomes call-ins, and I want some of you to call in tonight. Maybe you haven't tried Excess Clobber tonight, the new site, and you'd like to find out more about it. Uh, maybe you are a former eBay seller. Maybe you'd like to just uh, talk about some of the experiences that you've had in online selling, whether it be on Amazon, whether it be on eBay, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, we definitely <clears throat> would love to hear from you. And you can ask any questions you'd like, make comments that you'd like. Uh, and again, 
um, we want to encourage you to call and definitely uh, look forward to that. <clears throat> also, there is a chat room here that some of you who are familiar with talk show may already be familiar with, where you can actually go into the uh, the room and you can... Uh, we have someone right now from uh, Nova Scotia, I see. And hopefully they will be able to get in and they can talk. Hello, Nova Scotia. Hi. Is that you? How are you yes, doing? Yes, this is, this is Rich. Hello, who am I speaking with? This is Dan calling you. Oh, great, Dan. Uh, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks very much. Just let me sort something out here. It sounds a little bit choppy here. All right. I can hear you. I hear you loud and clear on my end. Are you able to hear me good? Yeah, it's not too bad at all. Yeah, I just uh, I'm on a I'm on a, a VoIP phone here, so it, I just disconnected my computer connection, so that should uh, speed up the ATA a little bit. <laughs> well, tell me, Dan, uh, what prompted the creation of your your site, Excess Clobber? Well, I'm a, I'm an old eBayer from way back. I probably joined. Uh, I'm I'm guessing about '97 thereabouts, maybe '96, something like that. Uh, back in wow. The golden era, you know, when it was beautiful oh. and everybody loved it, and, uh, and it was just a fabulous community. And uh, now, I remember it well. I started in 1999, so you're not too far ahead of me there. Oh, there you go. Yes, yeah, so you, you remember the good old days. It, uh, I do, I do. Yeah. yeah. So, anyways, it uh, yeah, it uh, after oh, I suppose it was uh, around 2005. I just got totally fed up with the place, and uh, it had gone downhill, and. Uh, um, I just pulled the pin, you know, got out of it, and of course I've been missing it ever since. And uh, um, you know, I, I I still have a few friends that are into it. And uh, last year I was visiting with one fellow that uh, a great old friend of mine, and he's still a great eBayer. He sells all sorts of weird things, odd car parts, and you know, carburetors for cars that you know have long since ceased to exist. Sure, sure, absolutely, yeah. And, yeah. and uh, he, uh, you know, we were just chatting about eBay, and he just he just said he's disgusted with it. like the early eBay. It's a very, very user-friendly for the seller, and I like that. I like the look and feel of it, and I think there's a great future there. What What are some of your plans in terms of, of promoting uh, the excess uh, clobber site and, and bringing uh, new buyers and sellers on, et, et cetera? Well, I didn't really focus on that at all uh, during the soft launch. Uh, you know, it really wasn't a priority. All I needed was... Uh, you know, a few a few people to list enough items to see what was going to break. You know, that's what I was looking for. And, right. Uh, you know, the, the simulations were were actually, you know, prior to that actually worked out pretty good. I, sure. I 
pretty much found every bug for the most part and uh great uh, and and uh, really not too many issues have popped up since the soft launch uh, as far as i can tell all the bugs have been fixed and, and i'm pretty confident that they are um as far as promotion goes, uh, I really don't want to get too excited about that until I, I hear about what people really want to make this site fly. Um, you know, we've had a, a few, you know, when I was part of your Facebook group, uh, um, and former eBay sellers, uh, one of your members brought up an issue of the, uh, the SSL, <clears throat> excuse me, which is, it shows up as a HTTPS, uh, you know, on the URL. And right. They were concerned about it not being on the front page, the home page, and that uh, you know they felt that security was a bit of an issue. So you know, managed to fix that. That took a little bit of tweaking, but we got that on on every page right at the outset now. And uh, um, you know, some issues. Uh, you know, a couple more of the members wanted PayPal integration, and I was a little bit. Uh, oh, I don't know. I suppose I was a little bit leery about that. Uh, you know, I, I'm not not a great fan of it. I, I prefer the you know, mail me a check or a, you know, money order or something like that kind of. Guy. Yes. Just like the old, the old work rate for me. Yeah, so. exactly. Just like the old early days of eBay when uh, customers, when buyers could send a money order or a check, no problem. You know, before PayPal was basically forced on all of the sellers. Yeah, and and you know, I, I can see people have gotten used to that, and it's uh, it's a handy, and it you know saves a, a week waiting for the mail to travel from here to there, and and uh, and so on. But uh, anyways, you know, after after a bit of fiddling around, I got that integrated as well. It saves a couple of steps on the selling, you know, at, at the end when I when I. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And PayPal is so widely used and so popular, and many people, I do too, feel quite comfortable using it to buy and sell with. So I mean, yeah, it's great to have PayPal there as well as other alternate uh, forms of payment as well. Well, that's right. Yeah, you know, I mean, you can you can really uh, use anything you want on Excess Clobber. It, uh, although, you know, there was a few people that are PayPal haters as well as eBay haters that uh, kind of blasted me for that. You know, so <laughs> you can't please everybody, right? So, <laughs> right, 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 right. But it's an option. Like I say, it's an option. You know, you don't need to use that or anything else. Uh, so anyhow, it's it's a convenience and it's there now. So whatever people want to use it, they can, and uh, you know, good for them. So. Well, uh, if if you would tell us a little about how you uh, came up with the name Excess Clobber, where does that come from? Because it's such a catchy name, easy to remember. Uh, I like that. Where where did that come from? Well, I tell you, it was no easy task. It uh, I, I probably tried about two hundred different names and combos and everything else, and you would not believe what's already taken. Uh, I mean, absolutely. Oh gosh, yeah, yeah. Pretty much everything you can dream of with a .dot com on the end of it has already been grabbed. And uh, so I thought excess, well, you know, we've got excess junk, you know, and all that stuff that we want to get rid of. So excess, you know. Exactly. Excess, and that's what it, 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 it conjures up in the mind immediately when, you know, the symbol X and S, well, excess. So it, it, it's, it's very intuitive. A person seeing that instantly recognizes that it means excess. And I also noticed the alliteration, you know, the use of the word clobber. That sounds so much like clutter, you know, so excess clutter, you know, excess clobber. So it's just a natural uh, connection that people make there. Yeah, well, it's uh, it's. Uh, now I never even looked at it that way, but uh, clobber is a uh, British term for clutter. Really, you know, it's all. Well, there you go. There you go. Your attic or whatever. It's a slang term, right? And uh, and and so fortunate that uh, that hadn't been grabbed. I couldn't believe it, but uh, um, I snagged it fairly quickly. And uh, um, you know, and I haven't been able to think up a better name since then. So it just kind of worked out. And it was a bit of serendipity. Really. It has, and and I think it it will gain a. Brand recognition that way, I think that's a good brand name, and I think that will, you know, eventually let's hope it will become a household word, you know, over time. You know, an awful lot of this is word of mouth anyway. 
successful sellers will tell other people, who are successful buyers will tell other people, and so there will be a grassroots growth on this side over time. Well, that's what I'd like to see. Yeah, it. Uh, um, you know, I'd, I'd really like to see people evangelizing it a little bit, and actually, quite a few people already have. Um, you know, uh, thanks to your site, a lot of a lot of uh, the two thousand members or whatever you have now on that site uh, ported themselves over, and uh, I gave it a bit of a try, and, uh, and that's really great. I'd, I'd love to see them all over. You know, they all they all seem to be um, you know a little bit uh, disenfranchised over on eBay there, and and uh, and really, you know, when when you think about it. Um, you know the old eBayers like me, and and you know my friend that uh, kind of inspired this uh, whole thing. Um, you know, we're we're the kind of people from what from what I understand reading your site. Like I say, I've been out of this for almost ten years now. But uh, um, you know, the, the 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 people that formed eBay way back in the day. You know, we're looking twenty years ago now, longer. Than Absolutely, that. yeah, because it started in uh, believe it or not, nineteen ninety five is when Pierre Omidyar created eBay. Oh, okay, well, twenty years then. And, yeah. uh, you know, the the first people that got involved with it, I mean, it was a real community. People were helping each other, and, you know, there there's no competition in the way that you really think of competition. You know, there, it, was, it was a real nice community, and everybody was, you know, emailing each other, contacting each other somehow, and, you know, what can I do to help you? And, and uh, there was never any big deal if there was a, you know, the payment was taking an extra couple of days to show up or something. You just send a note, and where's the check? And, and they'd say, oh, I mailed it, you know, and it should be there soon. And, and you know, it, it was just, it was just, it was nice. Eh? You know, it was really, really great. And and uh, and, yeah. and, and it wasn't, it wasn't a lot of people, you know, desperately trying to make money on there. Um, you know, I'm not not saying anything negative about people that are doing that, but uh, you know, mostly it was just people selling stuff that they had in the basement that they didn't want anymore. And, yeah, those uh, odd, unique, and unusual items, and that's what brought uh, the traffic originally there to the bay. And because it was mom and pop, it was the individual seller so much. You know, it had not come to be dominated by the big box retailers as Donahoe has attempted to do since he took over as CEO in 2008. And there was a, a feel uh, the small antique seller could get on there, the small mom and pop flea market. And it was so much of a unique and individual feel to it. Yeah, that's, that's exactly how I remember it. And it was actually fun, too. You know, I, I remember just scrolling through all the stuff, and I thought, boy, I'd love to have that thing, you know, and I'd love to have that thing in the next page. Oh, I'd love to have that thing. And stuff that uh, I didn't even know existed. You know, there's no way you could ever search for something like this because you, you'd never, you know, you wouldn't know what to search for. You don't know it. You don't know that you want it until you see it, right? And uh, and the weirdest things would be on there. There'd be this old farm equipment and laboratory equipment and, and uh you know, just just the most bizarre things that you could ever think of would end up on eBay. You know, and and I I kind of wonder if a lot of it ever sold. You know, because <laughs> it was just so so wild and out there. But uh, um, you know, a lot of it did, and and uh, you know, I sold a few things on there that I didn't want that were just absolutely bizarre, and, and they sat on eBay sometimes for months before somebody bought them. And it just yeah, and 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 along that wants that weird thing that you've got, right? So, exactly. And and one of the neat things about it, you know, you mentioned uh, shipping earlier. A lot of my buyers from other parts of the, the United States, and I, I sold a few to Canada and Australia, and, you know, I did some worldwide, but most of my customers were U.S.-based. People would comment on how fast it got there. They were surprised at how quickly they received it. You know, I'd get emails from people saying, I thought it was going to take a lot longer than this. Back then, they were just thrilled. If they got something within a two-week time frame or, or a week-and-a-half time frame, they were absolutely thrilled. 
And now there's this insane pressure and expectation on the part of many buyers. You know, they want the item yesterday. You know, they get upset if it's not there within three or four days. And that's just unrealistic, you know, given the way U.S. uh, Post Office and FedEx and UPS operate. I mean, it's just not realistic. So people have, many buyers have been enabled and encouraged by eBay to have unrealistic expectations uh, concerning delivery time. And so, you know, I think a more laid-back approach is, is so much better. And that's what existed back in the old days. Yeah, that's all I remember, too. I mean, there wasn't any any tremendous pressure. You know, you want something, you want it, right? And, I mean, everybody's like that. That's human nature. But, uh, you know, people understand the realities of the, the delivery system. And when you're sending something across the country or even internationally, um, boy, you, you know, you just have to, you know, go with the delays that happen sometimes. And I've used UPS and FedEx and, you know, registered mail for small things and a few different things, and, and uh, you know, both both on the receiving end and the selling end. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's always worked out well. And, uh, you know, FedEx and UPS, I mean, they, they've got it down pat. Now, if they say they're going to be uh, delivering in three days, uh, you can count on it. <laughs> you know, they, mm-hmm. they're, they're, their service is excellent. But, you know, pay a lot rate of it. So, and uh, you know, if you want it, if you want next day service, I mean, you can do it. I've 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 watched packages go across, um, oh, thousands of miles, and uh, and I can't believe it. They actually do do it in 24 hours, and uh, it's just it's just amazing, absolutely amazing. But you pay for that, you know. I mean, if you if you're happy having it in a week, and you want to, you know, you're you're happy paying 25 percent of the the delivery cost. Great, you know, I'd, I'd go that way myself. But uh, some people are in a rush for things and. You know, if they're willing to pay, they're willing to pay, and that should be up to the buyer uh, to decide that. I mean, I think I think eBay is pressuring. Uh, if I understand this right, eBay is kind of pressuring the sellers now to include the cost of shipping in their price and all sorts of different things. And and I, I don't really quite know how all that works. It just seems kind of wrong to me. From but, uh, absolutely, that was accurate. What you just described was accurate. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, um, tell me. I noticed that uh, obviously Nova Scotia, you have Canadian. Uh, Customers, customer base, and, and you mentioned the UK, and of course it's available to the US. So Excess Clubber will have a, a global customer base. I guess that's that's in the works, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, we have uh, we have some members from Australia and lots from the UK, and uh, mainly it's from the US and some from Canada. And and I'm I'm going to be changing the uh, the money um, conversion part to include. Uh, 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 New Zealand as well, um, you know, pretty much anywhere globally where people speak English, um, you know, are welcome to join. I mean, we're, we just love to have them. So um, it's uh, it's really it's really geared up for for anybody that can, uh, you know, understand English really. Because I can't speak anything else, so um, I can't really do this in any other language. Um, but uh, you know, there's there's no restrictions on on place at all. Um, so. Uh, well, that's fantastic. Well, what do you see as some of the uh, coming trends in e-commerce in general? Uh, what are some of the things that you uh, observe or speculate uh, could be occurring in the coming years? Well, I'm not really sure. I really, I really don't uh, don't. I, I couldn't speculate much on that. Uh, I, I'm seeing, I'm seeing eBay doing with their, you know, their their uh, uh, charter would would uh, expect of them, and that's to make money. You know, they're a, they're a public company now. They they stock we've you know people are making a fortune off their stock and and uh, the people that own the stock want them to make money and so um as annoying as that is to the mom and pop seller um they're doing what 
they should be doing for their for their uh, shareholders, and that's you know make the shares worth more. Um, unfortunately, that's that's adversely affecting the mom and pop sellers. Uh, you know, eBay is going down the road where they're they're wanting to compete with Amazon, and um, uh, I'm trying to think of the name of that big uh, Chinese company. It's just huge. Uh, ah, yes, Alibaba. 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 Yeah, yeah. And they're kind of going down that road. You know, they wanna they want to. Um, you know, really cater to the people that are buying uh, 1,000 lots and 10,000 lots of, uh, you know, some sort of widget and, uh, you know, getting those widgets for a dollar each and trying to sell them for $10 each and just selling vast quantities of that. And uh, the site seems to be plugged up with that. You know, it's mostly new goods now. It's not used goods anymore. Indeed. Indeed. So, In fact, that, uh, that's actually, that's actually was, that actually was the, the big impetus for me to get sort of fed up with the thing back in uh, around 2004, 2005. And, you know, the trend was developing for a few years. Um, you know, people were selling books on how to make your fortune on eBay and all that sort of thing. And, and it just sort of started getting ruined. I found that uh, when I was um, just browsing, you know, I wasn't running across these great deals anymore. Um, you know, people were obviously making money on their stuff objective because I was doing exactly the same thing on a vastly smaller scale. But, uh, um, you know, you just you just didn't run into the cool things on every page. You know, now it's every 10 pages, and eventually it was every 20 pages. And, uh, uh, and eventually it was just about impossible to find anything. It was just buried under all this stuff that, uh, um, you know, you'd see the right. The same green widget, uh, you know, there are twenty times in a row from the same seller. You know, <laughs> well, yeah, part part of that oversaturation of merchandise that's flooding the site is, is coming from China. Of course, a lot of the China sellers are partially subsidized on their shipping by the Chinese government. Of course, uh, you know, it's slave labor wages at a lot of those factories. You know, they have kids working there twelve, fourteen hours. Uh, a lot of the, the conditions are absolutely horrendous where a lot of the cheap merchandise is being manufactured in China. And, of course, they're just loading it up in mass, uh, undermining and undercutting the mom-and-pop American sellers because they can do it, you know. And even the uh, United States Post Office favors uh, the Chinese sellers, you know, and the import type thing. They they're, are able to ship that stuff in here way, way cheaper than an average mom-and-pop seller, for example, can ship an item right here within the United States. So it's definitely tilted toward the uh, the mass uh, oversaturation of Chinese merchandise, you know, at, at low rock bottom prices. Yeah, it's un- unbelievable. I've actually ordered uh, some stuff from China, and it you know takes a uh, you know a couple of moons to get here. <laughs> but uh, you know how how they can ship it for so low, I, I hadn't realized it was actually subsidized. Uh, but that makes sense because there's no other way it could be done. Um, you know the the, the post. You know the postage that's on these packages. It shows up as you know, like ten dollars or something. Well, how do you get something from China for ten dollars that weighs maybe twenty pounds? It just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, so you know, if only we had shipping, uh, you know, at those rates uh, over here, that would be unbelievable. <laughs> but uh, alas, it doesn't apply to us for some reason. So, well, tell me a little about uh, some of your your past experiences before you started Excess Clubber that. Uh, sort of simulated or led to the, the creation of excess clobber. Um sorry, I missed some of that. You're chopping up a little bit. You're you're looking at my experiences in buying and selling on eBay before Sure. But, uh, sure. And anywhere else that may have contributed to uh the creation of excess clobber. Some of your your own personal experiences that lended uh uh 
information to you and knowledge, know-how, the expertise with which you put together the site? Uh, well, um, I'm I'm just kind of a tinker. I'm I'm old and retired now, so I just you know when I want to learn something, I just go on there and learn it, and I take courses through Coursera and Udacity and all these different things. Anything I can find oh, yeah. is great. Eh? And uh, and there's there's so many there's so many courses out there you can take on programming and you know all sorts of different things. And and uh, but uh, back uh, you know back in the day, I'll tell you I'll tell you a really neat experience I had um, way back in the day of eBay, and this is this is something that that really really stuck with me. And uh, and maybe maybe influenced me in, in wanting to do this uh, now. And so this is you know again we're going back probably 15 years now. And uh, uh, it, it seems to be uh, normal in most cities that libraries have uh, you know an annual sale or a biannual sale or something like that. And they and they right. unload all their books really cheap. And I think you you probably found that everywhere. And uh, <clears throat> I managed to pick up this set of uh, Russian. It's, it's a Russian encyclopedia set. It wasn't in Russian. It was about Russia, but it was a big encyclopedia set that was, you know, probably not as big as an Encyclopedia Britannica, but certainly as big as the World Book Encyclopedia. And mm-hmm. uh, it was like ten dollars I paid for this thing. They were they were they were pretty much getting rid of it for nothing. And this thing had, I, I doubt if it had ever been opened. I mean, it was just like new. And as uh, so I dragged this thing home and I popped it up on eBay, and, and it just sat there for months. And uh, finally, this guy in Chicago bought it for me. He's going to university there, and he, you know, he was a student of Russian studies, and he just couldn't believe that he got this thing for my, you know, my starting. Uh, you know, I opened it up at $150, and which, of course, he got it for because he was the only bidder in months. <laughs> so, anyways, he got it, and, and I think the shipping was more than that. Uh, but he was absolutely thrilled, right? Because uh, he, he was going to university. Where do you find something like this, right? This is this was really a unique item, and uh, and I was absolutely thrilled. To send this to this guy, you know, uh, um, that that's the kind of buyer that you that you just dream of getting, right? Is, is somebody that loves your product, whatever it happens to be, and and that always stuck with me. And over the years, I just thought, man, oh man, that guy is still out there appreciating this fabulous find that he got, and I made a few bucks off it, right? And that was nice for me too, and uh, so that's the kind of thing that uh, that you just don't see anymore on eBay. Uh, well, and you know, when when it was young and new, and and the novelty was there. Another factor that is still very vital and will work in the favor of excess clobber, and that's the auction format itself. That stimulates a sort of an excitement on the part of the buyer, especially if there's one or two or three other buyers who are wanting the same item. They begin to bid the item up. They more or less begin fighting over the item, particularly toward the end. You know, there used to even be sniping programs where someone could make sure they got the winning bid at the end. Well, the auction format is great for the seller because it drives the price up. And it's great for the buyers, you know, because there's going to be a buyer there that wants that item so bad they're going to get that item. And a lot of people enjoyed that whole process. And, and that gives an excitement to the selling that's just not there for, for a buy-it now. You know, if you put, a, put an item on at a fixed price, the, there's not that excitement that you get from an auction format. So I think an auction format is still very vital and alive, and there's lots of potential there, and I think that's going to work in favor of excess clobber. Well, I, I hope so, and, and of course, that's 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 kind of why I've got this format. As far as I can tell, excess clobber is the only pure auction site out there. There's lots of uh, there's lots of sites that are, are, are sort of imitating the old eBay in a sense, but eBaying, or, or imitating eBay as it was maybe 10 years ago with the um, you know, the buy it now, and the, you know, the stores, you know, the fixed price uh, selling and all that sort of thing, and 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 uh, that's uh, that's about the time that I packed it in. Um, 
I, I just didn't really like where that was headed. Uh, you know, I, I like the auction format. I like the thrill of it, uh, the thrill of the chase. I loved sniping and all that. And, and uh, I, as much as I kind of object to sniping, um, I, I found it absolutely thrilling back in the day. I mean, my record is one second before close. Uh, and the only, the only reason I got, I got that, uh, that fabulous uh, uh, mark to my name is because I had a really slow Internet connection. And uh, it just happened to get through just in the nick of time. Um, now, on excess clobber, I've, I've you know, stated quite plainly that uh, I don't really like sniping. Of course, this is very hypocritical of me because I just loved it so much and it was so much fun to do. But uh, I put a, a five-minute limit to an anti-sniping program in there uh, you know, so that uh, if somebody does put in a last-minute bid, it does extend uh, the auction by five minutes, which gives everybody plenty of time to get in there with their own bids and realize what's going on if they do that. I mean, ultimately, really, what you should be doing is putting in your maximum bid and just walking away, and uh, you know, just letting the letting the program run its course. And you know, if somebody bids you up, if they overbid you, you shouldn't feel bad about that because you put in your maximum bid. Um, but uh, you know, a lot of people disagree with that system. They like to come in at the very end, and, and you know, there's there's human psychology here, and. Uh, um, you know, I, I was reading a thing recently, uh, um, you know, on the psychology of auctions, and uh, people, when they when they bid, you know, this is where it becomes very exciting. It even live auctions too. Once they actually have a successful bid, they feel like they own it, even though it's only for a few seconds or a few minutes, or it could be a few days on an online auction. But they have, they have a sense of ownership. And then somebody outbids them, and they they feel, oh man. They've stolen it from me, <laughs> and so now they have to get in and put in a higher bid. And uh, uh, you know, it's just the psychology of people. So you know, they start auctioning back and forth. Of course, this is huge at places like Sotheby's, where you're talking about paintings that are worth millions of dollars or pounds, and and uh, you know, they'll go from 10, 10 million pounds to eleven million pounds, and you know, you know, it just escalates from there. And uh, um, you know, it's just it's just a very strange human psychology that people deal with, and. Uh, um, so there, there's, there is the excitement of the auction. And, uh, you know, for, for any of your listeners that have actually been to a live auction, uh, they know exactly what I'm talking about. It's, it can really, really be thrilling once you get into it. Um, however, this is an online auction, and things can move a lot slower. Uh, I've made it so you can select how long your, your auction can be. You can pick three days or seven days, 10 days, 14 days. Uh, at these early stages, I'd recommend anybody go with the 14-day auction. And, and uh, I understand another, another thing that's... Uh, been limited uh, on eBay now is uh, relisting. There's a fee for relisting, um, which is bizarre. But uh, anyways, I've got uh, I've got that set on excess clobber so that you can relist automatically. Just just let it run. It just relists all by itself up to a maximum of ten times. So really, you can, right. auction, mm-hmm. you can let your auction run for 140 days. You know, I mean, before you have to go attend to it at all. And there's also a feature where. Um, if you are a person who, who, you know, you're a power seller or whatever, and you've got multiple of the same items, um, you can you can click a little box that just says relist even if sold. So if it does sell, it just relists the next one for you. And then one of the um, uh, features, uh, for example, over on Bonanza is the ability to import uh, your feedback numbers from over on eBay. Is that something that you're considering at Excess Clobber? Is that something that will eventually be integrated into the program? I'd love to be able to do that. Uh, um, figuring it out, I mean, uh, importing the SQL file. And the, the problem with the database files is they never match up properly. Um, you know, I, I don't think unless unless I was uh, I had some um, 
sneaky little spy that could get into eBay for me and find out exactly <laughs> how their how their database is laid out. And I notice they they change it periodically as well, so this would be an issue too. Um, but you get you get the different parameters, the different uh, you know boxes if you want to call them that, lining up with the different boxes on on a different site uh, or any kind of database. Matching them up is just a it can be a nightmare at times. Um, so I, I don't know why anybody that can if Bonanza can pull that off. That probably means they're major shareholders in eBay and they've got an inside edge there. That's about the only thing I can think of. Um, you know, I, I just don't know how you'd even be able to pull that off. Uh, um, you know, those files would be so protected uh, that uh, it would be very difficult. Um, however, well, you know, I, I don't I don't have any objection to people just writing in um, whatever they want on their listing. They can. They can write in their feedback. They can put down their eBay numbers. I don't even care if they want to link to their eBay sites. I mean, it's just totally up to them. All we do is introduce people. Uh, you know, there's no fees or anything. Um, you know, people can put their email addresses in there, and they can yak back and forth privately or send them off to their own websites. I don't even care. You know, it's, uh, it's just an introductory platform. Um, you know, we don't have to charge any fees, so there's no impetus for us to keep people from doing that. Uh, um, you know, like I say, they can if they want to if they want to have their you know eBay status uh, um, you know just linked right into the Excess Clobber site. People can just click on that and go right to their username, whatever it happens to be on eBay, and people can look it up for themselves. It's as easy as that. Well, that's fantastic, man. That's great. Well, if you feel like sharing any of them now, this is completely up to you. What are some of your future plans for for Excess Clobber? What are some of the things that are that are in the works, maybe that you might want to hint at or or give the the listeners and the users an idea of what may be around the bend. Oh sure. Well, one of the one of the members suggested that the pictures were a little bit small. The thumbnail pictures, uh, you know, were a little bit small on the front page or you know whatever page you happen to be looking at. Uh, so I'm working on getting those a bit bigger right now. I've changed the sizes uh, for the featured items and uh, made those a bit bigger. Um, it shouldn't be more than a few more days before I get the thumbnails. Uh, uh, larger on every page. It's uh, you know it sounds pretty easy, but it's actually not. Uh, you know when <laughs> you're trying to get all the pages to do exactly the same thing and behave in exactly the same manner. Um, I'm going to put in a, a feature probably within the next couple of weeks, uh, depending on how this goes, on a on a, um, a picture download optimization um, integration program that. Uh, um, you know, if you've taken a picture with your cell phone or something like that, and it's a you know several megabytes or whatever, um, you can just download it onto Access Cloud without any problem. It'll just resize. It'll be you know 500 pixels by 500 pixels, and, and, and that'll be that. It'll save you all sorts of trouble. It saves you a few steps. And a lot of people have trouble with that. Uh, you know, on their computers, they just don't really know how to resize pictures that they've taken with their camera and that. So you know, it's all about ease, right? So if I can automate something, I'll do it. Um, it just takes a bit of research and, and a, you know a bit of trial and error. <laughs> never, never, nothing ever works the first time you try it, um, you know. And uh, um, but that should be working uh, fairly soon. One um, well, of the feedback that you're getting from your users, though, is that it is very user friendly. I have personally found it to be very user friendly. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's good. I'm glad to hear that. Uh, it's great to hear stuff like that. A lot of people, you know, aren't as computer savvy as you are. And uh, and they do have a few problems. So um, you know, sometimes it just you know it's just you know obviously they haven't read something right or, or something and, and just haven't quite clued in because it is a bit different from eBay. You know, it uh, um, it's as similar as I can I can make it as as far as I recall things working. You know, way back in the day. But at the same time, uh, you know, my recollection is not perfect, and there are some some extra 
you know, there's some extras in there that uh, were never in there way back when that uh, had never even occurred to people. I mean, no one had ever heard of PayPal. I don't think it even existed uh, 15, 20 years ago. So uh, unless it was a very small company that was just getting started. But, um, you know, people have a little higher expectations now than they did. And uh, and you need a few little extras in there just to make life a little bit easier. So, so uh, you know, if I can if I can make things easier for people, that's what I'm going to do. Um, you know, if they if they have any features, you know, like I say, there was the, there was the PayPal suggestion, and there are all sorts of platforms out there for payment. And you know, I suppose I could make anything work. You know, Hyper Wallet and uh, Google has something now, Google Purse or something. But uh, I'm I'm sure I could integrate any of those things if there was a request. I don't know if anybody even uses those things. PayPal does seem to be the most popular. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, I made a user guide. Uh, a lot of people have probably missed that. It's right at the bottom of every page. Just click on user guide and you know, download your booklet on how to use all the great features in the program. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of stuff that's kind of hidden, um, and you do have to use it a bit and dig for it a little bit. Uh, um, you know, there's the you know there's the relister that a lot of people probably didn't even notice. Um, um, you know, there's different features you can you can have your your listing highlighted or you know on the features page or whatever. That's uh, you know I don't know why I even have that on there other than just for fun I guess. But uh, if anybody and a few people have, you know started using that already. So um, and then down the left side you can check on your reputation. There's a bulk lister that unfortunately only works for Windows, but uh, you can download a free bulk lister. Um, you know I've heard I've heard uh, as you mentioned that you haven't had any trouble. Um, listing on excess clobber, but uh, um, you know some people might appreciate the, the bulk lister. Um, it's not something I use. I'm just strictly a Mac guy, but uh, um, you know I, I, I've made it uh, fairly easy, I think, uh, to list. Um, you know, at the end of listing anything, um, you're you're presented with a uh, you know a little page that says list another like this, and um, so if you click that, and uh, you know, say you have a bunch of Oh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of something. Uh, you know, little Hot Wheels toys or something, and they're all yes. Yeah, so basically, your what you're describing is a self-similar feature. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah, and it kind of populates a lot of the stuff for you, and it's in the same category, and it'll be the same price. You might want to change the price, and you certainly would want to change the title because you're selling a Mustang instead of a Corvette or something, but in uh, a different picture perhaps. But it, it saves you a little bit of time. And then uh, down the left side of the column. Um, you know, on, on pretty much any page, uh, um, you can you've got the pre-populated fields or the pre-filled fields. So if you're selling nothing but, uh, or I'll, I'll say Hot Wheels again, uh, you know, you might want to just fill out this thing, and uh, it just makes it easier every time you log in and want to, you know, sell something. And uh, so I, I've tried to make it as easy as possible, and I'm just dying to get feedback from anybody about anything about, uh, you know, what would make their life easier on how to make this site better. Um, so if anybody has any great ideas, just message me. You don't have to log in to message me. Uh, um, you know, whatever whatever suggestion works, I'm all ears. So. Similarly, any listeners out there, you're more than welcome to call in with a question. We have a guest in our chat room. Uh, guest three is logged into the chat, and uh, again, they're free to type in a question, and, and we can respond to it if they do. That's great. Um, I'm trying to think of some other things. Uh, I've, I've, I've started the social media thing. Now, I was never a big uh, Facebook uh, or Twitter user or anything like that. I didn't really know much about either platform. Uh, um, I kind of stumbled upon your site the first time I ever logged into to Facebook. <laughs> and, uh, that was very fortuitous, uh, you know. And uh, um, But I'm, I'm sort of getting into this, this social media thing, so I, 
uh, you know, a little while ago, I installed the social media buttons down one side, and you know, if you're if you're on, if you if you want to tweet about your own page or whatever, just click tweet, you know, and and uh, you know, let uh, you know, let all your friends know uh, that you're, you know, send them a tweet that you know this page that you've just you know downloaded exactly. uh, to auction off your thing, just just send a tweet about that particular page, and you'll not only do excess clobber a favor, you'll be doing yourself a favor as well by drawing the attention to your specific auction. And, well, uh, and, and and social media is very much the in thing right now for promotions. Uh, you may familiar with a, be familiar with a man named Frank Asa Rockwell, who's associated with a, another online auction site, and he uh, tweeted 5,700 of his followers on Twitter with the premiere of my ebook the other day that I wrote to, about eBay, oh, yeah. and of course it's for sale on Amazon. So yes, absolutely, Twitter is one of the ways, along with Facebook, that people are promoting. Uh, their sites, uh, their items for sale. You know, you can even Twitter. For example, if they had something for sale on Excess Clobber, they can take that link and they can place it uh, on Twitter. You know, they can tweet it, and then their friends and followers can tweet it too, so that, which multiplies uh, exponentially the exposure that the item uh, receives. Yes, I, I'm sort of I'm sort of discovering that. I, I put some follow buttons on uh, on the on the pages of Excess Clobber as well under the RSS feed button, and so there's a a follow for uh, Google Plus and uh, um, one for uh, Twitter as well. So um, you can just go right to our sites and you know, just be an instant follower to, to either of those sites. And, uh, and yeah, and I, I, I do I do recall your book there. I, I tweeted that out as well and stuck it on the on the Facebook page as well and the you know Pinterest and everything else. So it, uh, we're starting to get into this stuff and it's uh, it's actually a lot of fun. But uh, boy, it's it can be a time sucker. Um, you know, I've, I've wasted days. Uh, <laughs> you get into it and it just. It just you know the day just goes right. And, oh, yeah. tell me, man! I start out every morning with my coffee, uh, checking all of my groups, responding to any questions or private messages I've received, and then of course I hit my email, and then I go and do my Twitter, and I have a number of blog sites too where I blog and where I post links, and so I've got a full plate too. So it it definitely uh, keeps me busy throughout the day as well. Yeah, yeah. So anyhow, it's it's, it's quite the thing, and uh, yeah, it's very it, it's obviously trending quite well. Um, so you know, you just have to you have to change with the times, and and uh, that's something that I'm going to have to adapt to is all the, you know, all the social media stuff, and uh, uh, you know, it's interesting. It's actually a lot of fun. Absolutely. You uh, mentioned uh, being a Mac guy earlier. Well, as you know, Apple Pay uh, recently premiered, and that's predicted to give uh, PayPal a run for its money. You know, that's going to be yet another alternate uh, payment uh, option that people will have uh, instead of PayPal. Yeah, I don't know if that's an app uh, just for the phones or, or um, you know, if that's something that they're going to. I, I haven't seen any release, uh, not that I've looked, um, you know, for computers. But, uh, and, of course, you know, it might be kind of useless to take your computer under your arm and wander off to the nearest uh, store to buy something. Uh, you know, I think it really is geared for the phones. But, uh, but yeah, sure, so if, much. if anybody can yeah. give uh, PayPal a run for their money, it's going to be Apple, that's for sure. It's, yeah, and, and as you state, mobile payments are, are becoming a – Perhaps not yet the dominant uh, form of payment, you know, but one of the options that people have, and more and more people are using mobile payments, and uh, a lot of these are, are being introduced by different companies, you know, such as the the Apple Pay feature. They'll begin maybe as a mobile platform and then expand to maybe to other things. You know, for example, PayPal did that. You can walk in almost any brick and mortar now, McDonald's, Walmart, whatever, and whip out your PayPal card and use it or even use your your mobile phone, use your cell phone to pay with PayPal right there on the spot. 
So I think more and more brick and motors will begin to use things such as Apple Pay and, and various other payment options that are available. Well, they're always delighted to take your money. So that's, uh, <laughs> whatever whatever form it comes And t- technology is always going to move with that. Technology is going to stay right with it. Indeed, yeah. So anyhow, now is that your phone beeping or is it mine? It's, uh... You know, I'm not sure. I'm hoping that that might be a call-in question, somebody trying to call in. Oh, perhaps that's it. Okay. Yeah. And if so, they should be here in a minute, and they'll have some more questions. Uh, well, tell me, t- tell me a little about what you found to be the most challenging part of building the excess clobber site. Um, well, I think actually getting it, getting it uh, um, out to the public. Um, you know, it's it's not it's not the easiest thing to just put something on the web and, and expect the, um, you know, seven billion people out there to just discover it. Um, uh, you know, I, I think I think somebody sent me an email and, uh, and said, "Gee, you should you should advertise this. You spend a million dollars on advertising." And I thought, "Boy, that's a great idea, except for one problem. You know, <laughs> it's fairly obvious. Um, you know, <laughs> so anyways, uh, you know, if if this person would love to, you know, forward me the million dollars, I'd love to do that. But uh, um, you know, I'm 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 putting in the you know the the the, the elbow grease and." Uh, um, you know, I love doing it. It's lots of fun for me. A lot of people get their thrills out of gardening and everything else. And, uh, you know, I, I'm just enjoying this. This is a riot, you know, to me. Um, well, but, you know, even even eBay started small. You know, when Pierre Omidyar started it, just basically out of his basement or garage or what have you, so many uh, very successful online sites have begun just that way. You know, it, it's the idea. It's, it's the vision that catches on. And then when it works, and it takes hold, and it'll just grow on its own exponentially. And hopefully, that's what will happen here with excess clobber as well. Well, I'm really hoping that. You know, I mean, what I what I would really like to see more than anything is is all the old eBayers that just don't seem to be wanted on eBay anymore. Uh, just to come on over. You know, um, you know, they they were there 20 years ago. Uh, you know, they're looking for what they remember as being a great old site, and and uh, you know, being that mom and pop kind of thing. And uh, you know, everybody's welcome, and it's a community where everybody gets along and tries to help each other. And sort of thing. Um, those are the people that would absolutely love to port themselves over to Excess Clobber. Um, you know, I'd love to have your 2,000 members that are on your, your you know, ex-eBay uh, or former eBay users uh, group uh, to come on over to and sign up and maybe list something. And, um, you know, overnight we could have, uh, you know, 2,000 listings on there just like that. Uh, if everybody just like to come over and give it a try. Um, you know, quite a few people have done that already. And, uh, absolutely, absolutely. I sure appreciate that. I mean, that's that's just fantastic. And actually, that helped me get a lot of bugs out, too, that I just couldn't do with simulations. Uh, you know, you really you really need to have it uh, live and, and having people from all over the place, uh, you know, participating in it uh, to really get an overview of what it's doing and, you know, how everything's running, uh, you know, on the server and everything else. And, well, and, and uh, right now, currently, you know, I'm free to list and, and free to sell and, uh I think that's a win-win situation for anybody starting out that wants to just try the site, or even for experienced uh, sellers that want to import their items into Excess Clobber. I think that's a win-win right there. Yeah, and it's it's really easy. Now, I was I was listening to one of your programs uh, a couple of weeks ago, I think, and uh, oh, one of your callers was uh, she she mentioned that she had a house full of '90s stuff that was great and she'd love to sell, but she she you know she was refusing to sell it on so many different platforms, and and I understand exactly what she's talking about. I mean, there's so many places she could list. Um, you know, there's Kijiji if you have a fixed price thing, and but that's you know more or less for local stuff. You, you know, you'd have someone driving up to your house to look at your stuff uh, on on that platform, or you know, there there are, there really are lots of um, uh, competition sites uh, for eBay 
out there. But again, you know, none of them are, are exclusively auction sites. They're the you know, right. store. They have fixed prices and all that sort of thing. And yeah, you you made auction, but but um, you know, I, I would I would challenge her. I would say, come to Excess Clobber, You know, take a picture of your stuff. It's going to have to be done eventually. I mean, eventually she's going to find a place that uh, that she loves, you know, and she's going to have to take pictures of everything, and she's going to have to list everything and write a little paragraph about anything. You know, why not do that now? Just line everything up, take a picture of everything, um, you know, do some cutting and pasting, just put it on a Word document and uh, put a picture in there, put a little paragraph under each one. You can do a lot of cutting, cutting and pasting that way. And then well, uh, Dan, Becky, uh, Becky is a frequent guest and caller of mine, so I definitely will encourage her in that direction, absolutely. Yeah. You know, once you once you've got everything on a word page or any any word processing document, you know you've got your you've got your picture, you've got your paragraph about that picture. Then it's just so easy to list. You know, all you're doing is cutting and pasting and cutting and pasting, and it's just a piece of cake, right? It goes so fast. Um, I, I would I would just invite her and encourage her and everything else to try out excess clobber and, and maybe do ten things and just see how easy it is. And uh, um, you know, the more the more people that list on the site. The more people that will be attracted to the site to browse and buy and everything else, and really, you know, uh, members are not only sellers; they're also buyers. You know, anybody on eBay is is not just a buyer or just a seller. They're typically doing both. Um, so, anyways, the more people that come over, the better, right? And so, I would I would certainly invite her and anyone else that she knows to come on over, right? Absolutely. Yeah. You, we were talking earlier about social media. One of the things that the mass exodus of small sellers from eBay, whether willingly or not, you know, whether they were purged or suspended or whether they just saw the handwriting on their own and decided to leave of their own volition, is that it's fueling the Facebook social media groups that are dedicated to selling. You know, the, the yard sale groups, the flea market groups, the little small swap shop groups. Every town and city has one, sometimes several. And even some members of, of my uh, former eBay sellers groups have started their own sales sites. You know, Deborah uh, Gallant started sales across the states, which has a lot of members now. She started Swap Shop across the states. And there's any number of social media sites where people are uploading the photo of their item, putting a description in there, you know, maybe even putting sales parameters. And Facebook is introducing features now where people can, you know, do instant pay within their private messaging. That's one of the things that just got rolled out within the past couple of weeks. So I think that will also help promote uh, social media sales, uh, just as these small sellers are leaving eBay and coming over to Excess Clobber as well. So the playing field is being broadened. You know, it's being enlarged. Yeah, it really is. And I've I've actually gone to a, a few of those sites on Facebook. And <clears throat> excuse me, the um, you know the. The problem that I have with the Facebook page is I found that once I scroll down a little ways, it starts getting really slow. Now, that might that might not be the case for people that have really, really high-speed broadband. Uh, um, but, you know, if you're fortunate enough to live in a large city, you've got that. Uh, you know, for the rest of us all over the place uh, that are a little bit outside of the of the cities, um, you know, the, 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 you know, the, the, High-speed internet isn't all that high-speed. Um, it certainly is compared to the old days, but uh, um, you know, for these days, it's kind of subpar. And uh, the, the the Facebook pages load really, really slow. You can be just you know wasting tons of time once you start scrolling down a page a bit. So for the people that are that are listing on uh, you know those Facebook pages, you have to keep relisting to keep your um, keep your 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 listing refreshed and up near the top of the page. Uh, yeah. And it's kind of awkward, right? Whereas on on any of the auction sites, uh, you know, not just Excess Clobber, but any of them, it's more convenient because you can kind of see everything all at once. You've got categories, you've got 
all sorts of ways to search that and you know advanced search features as well um yeah so i i, I really i really like what they're doing on facebook but uh um, i i think the the better platform you know is my own point of view and i'm kind of biased of course but uh um, you know, the, the the better option really is to have some kind of site that's that's uh, just one thing that integrates everything, and uh, um, you know, it just works out better. So. Uh, well, Dan, we do have a question now from the chat room. This is guest three, and they posted this in the chat room, and they say, "Have you ever gone to local swap meets or flea markets to advertise your site?" No. <laughs> no, I never. That's no, not a bad idea, though. It's definitely not a bad <laughs> idea, is it? No, you know, you no, no. The caller's probably referring to the real world. I'd have to get up and walk <laughs> around and actually do this. <laughs> but, but uh, uh, no, no, it's uh, it's rather cold. There, there won't be any flea markets for a few more months uh, if the weather keeps uh, going the way it has been. Uh, um, but uh, certainly, certainly, the online flea market groups, uh, you know, the different Facebook pages, um, you know, the different Twitter sites and all that. I go to all of them and I, I join them and you know, you know, leave my little advertisement and uh, sometimes. Uh, you know the reviews are very welcoming, and other times it's uh, you know banned forever, you know, and all that sort of thing. So anyhow, it just it just depends on where you go and, and who the moderators are and everything else. So, well, so in, in one of the I'm things that, yeah. I do occasionally flea market, Dan, both as a shopper and as a dealer. So I will promote your site when I'm doing that. So uh, this is one person at least who will definitely be doing that. Oh, thank you very much. I sure appreciate that. I appreciate anybody that's doing that. Uh, I, I'm a big believer in, um, you know, getting a really solid membership. And, and you know, I mean, I could I could do any of the things that people do and buy, you know, buy 10,000, you know, Twitter followers and all that kind of thing. I absolutely refuse to do stuff like that. I want people that are genuinely interested in, uh, you know, following and, and becoming members and that sort of thing uh, to join. Because those, those make for the best members and make for the best sites. Um, you know, uh, uh-huh. Yeah, like the two thousand members that you've already got on your on your former eBay sellers group uh, um, is is just a perfect start. And uh, you know, once uh, you know they get on there and start to get the feel of it, and um, you know, start tweeting and Facebooking and you know, emailing and to uh, to bring you know people to the site just to see their stuff. I mean, never mind the site. You know, they can do it for their own self interest. Um, you know, it'll just spread from there, I think. And and uh, you know, like you were mentioning, uh, eBay started out uh, similar to that twenty years ago. Um, I don't know if they did a whole lot of advertising that, that actually cost money. I think it really was, for the most part, word of mouth. Uh, that's certainly how I heard about it. That's how everybody I ever talked to that got involved with it uh, heard about it. It was all, you know, chatting about it on a Friday night over a drink or something, right? And uh, and uh, that's, you know, um, you know, saying, hey, I went to this great site and I listed this thing or I found some weird thing or I sold this weird thing. And and uh, it just goes from there. And uh, that's that's the you know, sort of the evangelistic approach that uh, um, I'm going with for the next little while anyways. You know, and that same wonderful evangelistic approach, which uh, helps promote new sites, is also working against eBay. And well, yeah. Guest3 just made a comment here, and, and I agree with Guest3 in the chat room. They say lots of angry sellers at swap meets. I've encountered that. I've encountered that when the word eBay is even mentioned to a lot of dealers, there's this immediate unpleasant reaction, you know, where they've had a bad experience there. They uh, no longer enjoy it. They no longer enjoy selling on eBay. And a lot of times they will relate horror stories to you about things that have happened to them. That's one of the things that I've encountered at many, many swap meets and flea markets. And that's bad press. You know, word of mouth press is a double-edged sword. 
it can both be a promotional device, you know, evangelizing, as you were mentioning, or it can be bad press. You know, you have one angry customer, they're going to go tell 10 other people. Well, that's exactly true. Yeah, they say it uh, takes it forever to build a good reputation and no time at all to destroy it. And I think that's unfortunately what uh, is going on with the with the big guy there, uh, eBay. So, um, you know, they've done some some strange things. I, I just don't understand uh, forcing people to use PayPal. I mean, I understand they buy right. PayPal, and and uh, you know, it's it's their model, but to actually force everybody to use it. Uh, it just seems kind of underhanded to me. Uh, that's just my opinion, you know, but uh, I'm sure a lot of people don't particularly mind, but uh, um, I don't know. I just I just find that kind of, I don't know. What's going to be very, very interesting to watch and see, Dan, is after the split, which is taking place later this year, when PayPal spins off, when it splits off from eBay, it'll be interesting to see if eBay still has that requirement of uh, forcing everybody to, use PayPal, or if it'll be possible then to start using other payment platforms. Well, it depends if they keep somebody on a member of the board, I guess. Uh, it's, uh, who knows? It's, uh, but anyways, um, you know, and I guess another thing, too, one of the, one of the members uh, sent me a message, and he was going on about uh, how horrendous the fees were uh, with PayPal. Now, I don't, I don't, I, I thought it was somewhere around 10% or something, which isn't horrible, um, but he was saying by the time, you know, you compile the, the listing fee and maybe the relisting fee and you know, the commission at the end and, you know, maybe a highlighting fee. And, uh, you know, then, then of course, you have to use PayPal. So there's a big fee there. And um, I, I just couldn't believe it, uh, you know, how much they were actually taking from the purchase price. Oh, it all adds up. You know, it's not unusual for a, a small seller to end up paying 10, 12, 15%, you know, uh, in fees. And it's a little outrageous. And that's something that Elizabeth Metz and I were talking about the other night when she uh, interviewed me on her show and that's one of the things that uh, small sellers face there at the bay, uh, the outrageous uh, fees, the listing fees and the charges and the double dipping. You know, there's the fee from eBay, then there's the fee over there on PayPal. Yeah. You know, you know the, the big guys, the big uh, retailers that uh, are being courted by Donahoe, of course, they absorb that into their cost of doing business because they're operating on such a huge scale, such volume. You know, but for the little guy, for the mom and pop, it's difficult to uh, handle that level of, Fee gouging. Yeah, I, I think I, I think gouging is probably a really good word, but uh, you know, you know, eBay. I mean, you know, the reality is eBay is a huge platform, and uh, you know, people know the name. It's a brand that uh, is going to be around for a long time. But uh, you know, they've shifted their focus. They they don't really seem to want the small seller anymore. And I'm saying, come on over. You know, come on over to Excess Clobber. We want you. You're welcome. You know, uh, we'd love to have you. So uh, if you're not happy where you are, you know why? Why stay? Right.
whatever, and uh, that's just wrong, eh? That's just that's just horrible. I can't believe what these people are doing and what they're advocating doing. It's uh, certainly not the way things were, you know, way back in the good old days. Everybody oh, I know, I know, absolutely. And that's one of the things that uh, I observe there on Access Clubber. You have the pure feedback system the way it, the way it ought to be, where both the buyer and the seller can leave feedback. That's right. Yeah, you can you know there's a star rating, the typical star rating, and uh, you know there's a there's a rating. Uh, you know, feature for the for figuring out the percentage and that, and uh, and then you can leave a little comment, right? And uh, um, so it's it's just really the way the way it, you know the way we were used to 20 years ago, and it's uh, you know certainly what I'm comfortable with, and uh, um, what I think you know anybody that was around back in those days would be perfectly at home with. Uh, uh, but yeah, it, the, the the feedback system was a great innovation, and why they why they've taken it away? It's, it's virtually useless now. There's really no point in having feedback at all. Um, if it's only one way, what's the point of it? They might as well just take it out and scrap it completely. Absolutely. Yeah, so anyhow, that's not how we're doing it at Excess Club. I like the feedback system, and it's there to stay. So uh, fantastic. Yeah. Well, uh, this may be too early for you to even comment on, but uh, do you have any projected growth numbers over the coming months and years at Excess Club? Or have you got some numbers that you're working with yet, or are you still in the early stages, or? Well, it's uh, it's certainly in the in the uh, in the early stages. I mean, we went from nothing to uh, 100 in about a month there. So I guess if you do the math, that's an infinite growth rate. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> kind of, it's kind of tapered off. I mean, you take it from one to one to 100. I mean, it's still a uh, you know 10,000 percent or whatever. But uh, uh, I'd sure like to see that kind of thing continue. Um, it's kind of plateaued right now. Um, you know, I'd really like. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, you know all of your all of your people to come on over and sign up, and you don't have to list anything, but love it. it you know, just love anybody to list anything there, and uh, there's really no restrictions other than it's got to be legal. Um, you know, I have a I have a legal obligation to uh, you know remove anything that's actually illegal. Um, however, um, you know there are things that people have to be concerned about too. Uh, you know, if they're selling cross country or uh, perhaps uh, between the states too, there might be issues in you know selling, um, oh you know, say endangered animal parts or something like that. Uh, you know, maybe you've got a fur coat that uh, you know you might not be able to sell that across an international border. So it's it's something that um, both buyers and sellers have to be cognizant of when they when they uh, sell something. You know, if they are doing a, an international ship, then. Uh, you know, they do need to be aware of, of the laws because uh, things can get seized at the border and, and neither party will ever see them again. Uh, so, um, you know, if you've got something weird, uh, you know, weird and wonderful that uh, you, you want to put up for auction, uh, you know, maybe look into that and just list it and, you know, have a comment in there in bold letters that, uh, you know, this must not leave the country or something like that. I've heard of people that have traveled internationally and they've had, uh, you know, very expensive guitars worth thousands and thousands of dollars and had them seized at the border because they've got an ivory fretboard. Um, and that's the end of it. They'll never see it again, you know. Um, you know you, the, um, so you just have to be careful about stuff like that. Um, so, you know, something to consider. But, uh, you know, we'd love to have anybody sell anything on excess clobber. And, uh, um, you know, if we can get some growth uh, from your members or from anybody listening in, uh, by all means, check the site out and... Uh, uh, it's free and easy to join. It takes a minute, and that's about it. So, yep. Well, if we don't have any comments here in the next few minutes, I think we'll go ahead and wrap up. But I sure. guess as we, we move toward closing, I'd like to ask if there's any particular uh, comments or points that you'd like to make uh, concerning your site or concerning something that uh, new users uh, should be aware of or a few little tips or hints that you'd like for them to know when they come to Excess Clobber. 
Well, I think uh, I think they'll find it. It's surprisingly easy to sign up. Um, it's uh, surprisingly easy to list, and if you're selling multiple items, uh, um, it, it's it's incredibly easy to do that too. Um, the uh, uh, you know there's there's no fees for anything. You can list as many items as you want. There's absolutely no limit. If you've got a thousand things to sell, you know, fill your booth. Go ahead and do it. Um, you can accept any kind of payment you like. Uh, you know, there's the feedback system that's. Uh, Hello. I think we have lost Dan. I think we have got a uh, temporary uh, technical difficulty there. But if anyone uh, would like to call in with a comment or a question while we try to get Dan back, okay. If not, we will go ahead and uh, wrap tonight's show up. Uh, Again, while we wait to see if Dan makes it back in, I will recap uh, that next week's show. Of April 4th will be Christopher Dalton, the Star Trek expert, who will be discussing movies, episodes, the spinoff series such as Deep Space Nine, Voyager, and, of course, his uh, Facebook sites, the Star Trek Fan Fiction. Two weeks from tonight, April 11th, we will be having Becky Marie Glackenbuchko back on. She was my first guest who has uh, written a number of e-books and print books so far as that goes. And uh, she has a number of Facebook groups, and she will be uh, discussing many different topics, including reincarnation. And I look forward to uh, listeners to call in also to the Becky uh, Marie Glack and Butchko show uh, two weeks from tonight, April 11th. And we have a uh, person, guest number three, back in the chat room. Dan sounds cool. I will check out his site. And so I'm looking for. Well, Rich, are you there? Hi there. Welcome back. back. Apparently, there was a technical glitch of some kind. And okay. you I'm just sure got a compliment. <laughs> things happen. We we got taken care of. You're back. We did yeah. have another comment from the chat room uh, from guest three. Dan sounds cool. I will check out his site. So we've got one listener here at least who's going to go check out our chest barber, and that's great. I'm losing you. You're fading away there, Rich. Well, I guess if you want, I think we covered a lot of ground tonight, Dan. I want to thank you for being my guest, and uh, oh, you may you're want welcome. to... You're welcome. I want to thank you for covering all the ground you did, and uh, perhaps uh, you can come back on as a future guest as well. Oh, sure. I'd love to have. It. I'd love to be there, and, uh, and thanks for having me. It's been lots of fun. Uh, I'm, I'm amazed that I thought we'd have about ten minutes of things to talk about, and we dragged it out for an hour there. So, <laughs> anyways. Well, I thought we would have uh, some callers, but uh, for whatever reason, and maybe the callers can't make it in. Maybe there's some sort of a server glitch or some kind of technical something that's interfering because I can see people here that aren't making it in and of course the the people in the chat room we do have the one person chatting there and so i can see there have been attempts to get in so maybe there's some kind of a glitch but that's okay these things okay. happen we we had a great show i very very much enjoyed having you as a guest and remember well, these shows are archived they are recorded they can be downloaded dan you may download this show and include the link anywhere you want to online and i would encourage our listeners to do the same they can also download the show and, and can share it Okay, well, thanks very much, Rich. I sure appreciate you having me on. And, uh, you know, like I say, everybody's invited on Excess Clobber. So, all right. Thank you, Dan, and have a great evening. Okay, you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And I want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in and anyone who comes in and listens to the the podcast. uh, I want to welcome them to the archived recorded shows, this show and the past shows. And, again, remember, please download this show and feel free to share it. 
And again, we look forward to you tuning in next week here on Daily Talk, Researcher 135's Community Call. I'm your host, Rich Barnado. Have a great evening.